Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hi, everyone. Before we get started today, I want to tell you a little more about our wonderful guest. Carla Aridando has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in occupational therapy. She's been a pediatric occupational therapist for seven years, and for the last five years, she's also specialized in women's health occupational therapy. As a women's health occupational therapist, Carla supports women and all birthing people in planning for the fourth trimester. This includes things like home modifications and ergonomic education, pelvic health, breastfeeding and sleep support, maternal mental health, infant attachment and attunement, and safe return to work and exercise. She has additional training in postpartum functional exercise, perinatal health, and maternal mental health. Carla is passionate about bringing kind, compassionate, and culturally sensitive care to women, breaking the stigma of mental health in the Latinx communities, addressing health from a preventative approach, and empowering people through education and by helping them rebuild confidence in themselves. We are thrilled to have Carla join the team here at Renew Pelvic Health, and I love today's conversation because we talk about something that's so important, but yet can be a little nebulous. Every parent knows that it's important to bond with their baby, but what does that even mean? How do you know if you're attuned with your baby? And is it the same for every baby and parent? We talk about all of this, and Carla gives three tips for how to bond with your baby. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Kumbaya podcast. I am so excited to have here with me today, Carla Arredondo. Um, she is actually our newest teammate at Renew Pelvic Health here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am so excited to chat with her all about infant attunement and mother-baby bond. So um, I would love to dive right into it, Carla. What is attunement? Yeah. Hi. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk about this. <laughs> um, so let's start with attunement. Um, Attunement is essentially being in tune with someone else's emotional state. So it requires being truly present with another person. So in the case of um, mother-infant relationship, it's, you know, being connected to your baby, maybe mirroring their affect. So attunement allows for deeper connection and understanding. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's incredible. So even if we're there physically with our babies or with anyone, really, I guess, if we're not paying attention to them, if we're just kind of like on our phone scrolling, it's not the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I heard you say that like deeper connection. So there, it seems to me there's like intention there. There's, you know, kind of like being conscious, being present. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, you know, if we were, you know, and, and I think this happens a lot now and sometimes it's, very understandable, but you know, sometimes we're breastfeeding and we're over here on our phones and holding our babies. And well, that it's kind of like a missed opportunity for that attunement. Yes. I'm so guilty of that, especially in the middle of the night. <laughs> when you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, is anyone else awake? Like, let me just, you know, look and, oh yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so what are some examples if you could give us of mother infant attunement? Like, is this different from bonding with your baby or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, 
Yeah, so bonding is made up of attachment and attunement. So attachment is, is the emotional bond that is built between a caregiver and their baby. While attunement is the way that we tune in to our babies, the way we interpret their emotions, we, the way we try to understand their thoughts, and then the way that we respond to what they're feeling. Now, some mm -hmm. examples of that, um, of the mother-infant attunement is um, kind of like mirroring our baby's facial expressions. Um, it's also responding to their cries at night to offer comfort, even you know if they are fed, if they're clean, we still respond to that. Um, and it's also respecting their temperaments. So even if they clash with ours, and we'll get a little more into that. Okay. Oh, that's that's very interesting because yeah everyone's different you know and you expect your child to just be a little you and when especially when they, <laughs> yeah. they start showing otherwise it's, it can be tricky it can be pretty yes. hard so why is it yeah, sometimes we kind of like come with preconceived sorry sometimes um we we come into motherhood with preconceived ideas of what babies like right so almost like you know universally babies like this but we might find that that's not the case every time. Yes. Well, and you said there too. So in the night, when you know they're dry, you know they're fed, and they're still crying. It's like, why are they crying? And mm -hmm. you have this, at least I've had these times where it's like, okay, I've done everything right. I did what I know to do. Like, why are you crying? And they may just need you. They just, you know, you need, they yeah. may yeah. just, yeah, I mean, they're their own person and you don't know what's going on in their head. And so I like that attunement really takes into account their individuality, what they need and just responding to them like they're someone you care about, right? And um, yeah, that, that right. really And I think the hard part, you know, being a parent, especially for the first time is, you know, it's really easy to meet their physical needs because they're tangible, because they're observable, we can see them. What's harder is tuning into them, you know, to their, into their emotional needs, you know, how do I meet those? And that requires so much careful attention. And so yes. that's what attunement is. Yes. Oh, I totally, so I totally understand and respect that. What, um, or I should say, why is it like, but why is it so important, I guess, for child development? I mean, so I'm going to go with something um, that a neuroscientist and mindfulness expert said. This is by Dan Siegel. So he explained that when we attune with others, we allow our own internal state to shift. So we come to resonate with their inner world, or sorry, we come to resonate with the inner, with the inner world of another. Mm. And this resonance is at the heart of the important sense of feeling felt that emerges in close relationships. So basically babies and children need attunement with their primary caregivers to feel secure and to develop well. And this is not just in infancy, you know, in all stages of life, we need attunement to feel close and connected with others. Mm. Yes, I felt that today with my six-year-old and, and, you know, just with research and what I've learned in six years of being a mom, um, she has just been so crazy lately and you know in the what you want to do is push away and just say oh my gosh I can't deal with this right now I don't have the energy or whatever it is and I knew in that moment okay yeah. I think she needs more right I mean so instead of doing time out or what it's like I just said can we have a hug let's have a hug let's just chill and just and then 
you know, baby or younger child was down for a nap. And so we played games and we talked and we just had, and her mood just totally shifted. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. is that kind of with attunement, just really kind of honing in and, and yeah, just really kind right. of looking at the emotions and, versus. And what you mentioned, you know, you were tired. So if you're tired, it's, it's, it makes it very hard to have that empathy to really, yeah. you know, get in someone else's shoes in this, in this case, your child, because yeah. you're tired, you know, it, it, that energy or just that ability to like be present and notice your own emotions is harder to do, but you know, you were able to do that. And once you did that, and then you, you know, you kind of like connected and observed and realized, you know, maybe she just needs more of me right now, you know, more attention and, and, you know, the other baby is asleep. Maybe I do have a little extra in me to give for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I love Dan Siegel. Oh my gosh. If you, if anyone <laughs> listening has not read his works or, um, some of it's pretty thick that, you know, like I'm still trying to get through, um, I can't think of the, um, the one that I'm reading right now, but it's, it's, it's interesting, but his, oh God, I just, I love him. I've heard him speak a bunch too. So so how about attachment theory? How does this kind of come into play or, you know, does it have anything to do with attachment theory, attunement? So attachment theory focusing focuses on the relationships and bonds between two people. Okay. In adult infant relationships, um, it's an emotional bond with the primary caregiver. And it's really believed to be essential to the well-being of a child. And even, you know, recent evidence supports the idea that it is established to, through nurture and responsiveness. I think in the early stages, um, you know, it was more of a behavioral approach. So behaviorists believe that attunement was achieved through feeding, <laughs> through kind of like meeting the physical needs. But yeah. then later on, you know, more recent evidence supports the idea that it's actually through nurture and that responsiveness. So yes, attunement is related to attachment theory in that in order to foster and build a secure attachment, uh, one where the child develops a sense of safety and therefore a healthy sense of self, the mm -hmm. caregiver um, should be able to attune to the child to meet their emotional needs, kind of like what we mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then the child learns that their caregiver is dependable. And so, you know, when, when you can have that attunement, you can foster that secure attachment. Yes, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that, I mean, and, and I read about attachment theory before, and it's interesting mm -hmm. that they thought it was, or, you know, the, the thought process was that it used to be just physical needs. And now right. we realize, oh, do you feel like that's just in how we we're really changing our view of the child. It used to be like, oh, they're just little, they're not really there, you know, they don't really, and even in our society, like we don't really honor them as, as beings until they're older, right? And so I think with this, like, right. it's almost like we're kind of seeing like they are their own little being that we need to respect and we and we want, you know, them to be well attached, but it's it's almost, we're giving them more credit now. We're saying, okay, you're a little yeah. individual from the moment that you're born, right? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, there's this shift happening where we used to look at babies and children as inferior than adults, right? Like adults right. were more important. And there's, you know, this is another topic, but this has to do a lot with, you know, the colonized parenting mindset 
where you know we, we, we look at parenting in the same way as if you know the the, the parent is the all-knowing <laughs> yeah. and so you know we, we used to not regard um, a child's emotional needs as important um, as an adult's yeah yes and that is the trickiest part to and I find myself when you know you've been spoken to you've been parented one way to then instead mm-hmm. of just telling them what to do it's like what would you like to do in this moment how are you feeling yeah. right now and yeah and you know, all that social emotional stuff that is just so hard to say I'm feeling really frustrated right now how can we take a break how can we instead of just snapping or, or barking and obviously I'm I'm talking about older kids but um we can kind of bring it back to babies yeah. so um how does maternal mental health affect this mother infant attunement yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so bonding is essentially, um, sorry, bonding is essential for healthy infant and child development. Um, sometimes there's untreated mental health issues in the mother or the primary caregiver, and this can really negatively impact the emotional and the behavioral health of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, when there are mood disorders present or even chronic stress, um, a caregiver is unable to be fully present, you know, or to attune to their babies. Um, you know, when we are chronically stressed again or, or experiencing depression or anxiety, um, we're probably running on automatic, you know, and, it, you know, we're also probably thinking that as long as we're meeting a baby's physical needs, you know, shelter, food, clothes, that that's probably enough. You know, um, this is not the caregiver's fault. You know, sometimes there are many factors that make it very difficult for a caregiver to be empathetic or to be present. You know, we can think of depression and anxiety. Um, there can be a history of insecure attachment in the caregiver. There can be developmental trauma, a lack of social support, a child's illness, um, social, racial, and economic injustices, uh, breastfeeding difficulties, unpaid family leave. You know, there's so many factors going on um, uh, responsible for, you know, uh, maternal or a caregiver's mental health and then how that affects bonding with the baby. So, you know, the importance of addressing maternal mental health or paternal mental health you know, cannot be emphasized enough. If we want a society in which children develop well and in which developmental trauma is not as prevalent as it is today. Um, but again, for that to happen, so many societal systems would need to be reformed. Absolutely. There's so much that we need to change. Uh, As you were going through that list, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there can be, like you said, the underlying just um, mental health issues in the past. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I know of a lot of people who are stressed and continue already thinking about when do I have to go back to work? I can't, once they have their baby, it's like, I don't want to leave this baby and I've got to go back in two weeks, four weeks. I mean, just really a short span of time. Exactly. Yeah. And their bodies here. And we don't have a support system for that. Um, Sorry, we don't have the the support system um, for the caregiver to stay home. You know, then we experience a very early detachment from the, from the caregiver. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I just, I mean, I just always go to like lack of sleep, <laughs> even if everything is great and you have all the support and you have all the, you know, um, financial means and, you know, there's, there's no injustices on you and you're mentally good. Like, I just feel like lack of sleep. We really don't understand how much it affects our physiology and our mood mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. you're in it. So it's, it's real. And I'm, 
I'm not saying you have to get a night nurse. You have to like, I nursed at night and I, we exclusively breastfed. So, um, you know, some people have like their husband get the bottle in the night. There's so many different options, whatever yeah. works for you, I think is good, but really just uh, um, understanding that effect of lack of sleep and getting that support. Yes. And so when you can sleep to sleep during the day and not be entertaining or doing laundry or, you know, focusing out there, like you need to be healing in the beginning. It's just that, yeah. So even if everything is is totally fine, yeah. it causes mental issues. Like I, I was crazy in the beginning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I, I agree, you know, with, I was also ex exclusively breastfeeding. And, you know, when I think back about my daughter, you know, she's my second baby, I don't know how we got through, you know, sometimes I joke, it's like, I don't know how she survived, you know, it was like, it was so hard to stay awake to even just stay conscious while, you know, nursing at night. Yeah. Um, but then it's also so hard to fall. It was really hard for me, for example, to follow the advice of, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps. It's like, mm, it doesn't work, you know, so you, you have to kind of like find how to rest otherwise, you know, sometimes it's like, um, just putting, putting aside, you know, your need for tidiness, maybe, you know, like yes. it's okay if, if the house is not tidy, you know, just finding rest in whatever way you can, because yes, sleep deprivation can affect your mood so much. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what you said earlier really struck with me as far as, you know, how we attune. It's not just like, this is nice. You want to be bonded to your baby. No, their mental health <laughs> is dependent on this, their well-being, yeah. And, and I see this even at six and two and that they are just such energetic beings and they really feed off of our energy. And there are days where I know they slept oh, yes. well. Yeah. I've no, everything is firing on all cylinders, but maybe I'm stressed about something. And I'm like, why are my kids crazy people today? Why are they just off the wall? <laughs> and I, and I, all I can think of is like, they're responding to this internal stress, which I feel like I'm managing, but clearly I'm not, you know, <laughs> like something, I don't, it's just, it's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so interesting. So yeah. is there a, a, a time frame when attunement needs to happen? or when it would be like the most beneficial for a baby? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can always try to establish this, but you know, the, the crucial time would be the first three years of life. So this three. is when we, yes, this is when we wanna focus on forming that secure attachment. Um, and so this would correspond with learning how to and being attuned to our baby. So, you know, children begin forming explicit memory around age two which is what we think about when we say memory, you know, the events or the feelings that we can recall. Mm -hmm. um, but emotionally meaningful experiences are stored in a baby's implicit memory, which mm -hmm. is unconscious. Um, so this, this implicit memory affects us for the rest of our life. You know, this is how our early experiences shape our nervous system. It shapes our automatic reactions and thoughts. And so responding and being attuned to our babies is stored in implicit memory. A baby learns that their caregiver is reliable, that the world is a safe place, that they can explore and ask for help, and that their needs matter and will be met. And this is yes. crucial to a child's development. And this happens again through that secure attachment and attunement. Oh, it's so, that, that's so incredible to know that we can have such a positive impact Mm -hmm. from even so early just with these like with you know um 
yeah, well, I, that's my next question of like, how can we do this? Like, can you give us some examples or, or exercises to work on? But that is, um, it's a little scary to think about. <laughs> it's a little yeah. empowering. Yeah. When you time, said it's, like, it's oh. amazing and it's also scary, right? That's yeah. like a huge responsibility. Yeah. And whether we are aware of it or not, we are affecting their, their development in every sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and their future relationships therefore <laughs> absolutely and yeah. i and I, I heard along the way i wonder if you agree with this that you know how the how we as parents talk to our children becomes their internal dialogue and their internal Voice. monologue whatever right right and that, yes yeah. i i've heard that too and also you know the way that we respond to them or the way that we treat them becomes their baseline for what they will allow from others, you know, that's also yeah. scary, yes. <laughs> so, you know, that, you know, going into, you know, what are some, what are some things that we can do or exercises for attunement? So um, there's, I think, three very important things that we can talk about. So the first one would be self-attunement. So, you know, being aware of our own emotional states, you know, we can practice self-attunement through mindfulness, for example, doing a body scan you know, identifying what we're feeling in that moment and then learning to self-soothe. You know, maybe some of us already know how to regulate our emotions. Maybe some of us don't because that wasn't modeled for us in a healthy way. Um, and we are reacting the way that we saw our caregivers react to us, right? So it requires a lot of self-awareness. So, you know, we can definitely practice self-attunement, tuning into our emotional states and then positively responding to that and soothing our nervous system, soothing our emotions. Mm. That will kind of like create the perfect kind of like space to then attune to our babies. Mm. Yes. And then um, another one we can do is what I mentioned earlier. So understand and respect our baby's temperament. So um, let me talk about, there's like four identified um, areas where we are temperamentally hardwired. You know, one of them is novelty seeking. Some babies just are alert to anything new and intriguing while others just prefer kind of predictability. And then there's harm avoidance. So some kids just prefer, you know, less risk you know they're more anxious than others and again yeah. this is normal this doesn't mean that something is wrong or one is better than the other these are just normal things that are we are born with and then there's reward dependence so these are like social rewards you know like approval and acceptance and then there's persistence some some babies or children um they just they will never quit they want to try <laughs> yeah. and so you know understanding what our baby's temperament is really temperament is is really important um, because not every baby seeks or needs the same kind of comfort and bonding or reassurance you know etc so when we can understand the different temperaments and identify what our babies fall under um, mm -hmm. we can respect those and then that creates a very good base for attunement um, for example <clears throat> you know if I you know my baby is in tummy time and you know they're a few months old but they can already kind of hold their head up a little bit and we place little toys around, you know, encourage a little exploration. Um, and I see that they're really struggling, you know, they're so close and they're really struggling and they want to, they really want to grab that toy. You know, I may think that my baby needs me to help them, 
but they are actually innately persistent and they will get upset if I don't allow them to try until they achieve it. Mm. So just because I think that they need help doesn't mean that they want the help and I should respect that. So that is a good basis for attunement. You know, if we can see what their temperament is and we can, we can respect it, you know, even if ours is different, you know, sometimes we think that all babies want to bond in the same way and that's not true. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> that, um, that would take me to another tip. So that like the, the third one would be um, to understand and just to be aware that parent-infant bonding is not always automatic. Um, so it's important to give yourself grace, you know, practice self-awareness, identify your own emotional state, learn to regulate your emotions, and then tune in, you know, observe, just breathe deeply, you know, what are you picking up? Attunement requires patience, it requires careful attention and understanding. And it can be learned. So, you know, sometimes when we become mothers or fathers, we think that bonding with our babies will be just, you know, it's a natural thing. And sometimes it is, but other times it's not. And that's okay. We can learn. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I think those three examples or three things to work on is so powerful too. I just, oh, thank you so much for that. I really, really yeah. appreciate that. And I know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, in the beginning, I think when they're little, it's so, it just can be hard because they don't smile. They don't, they're just little aliens, there's right? No I mean, they're just, yeah, <laughs> there's there's no just feedback. Nothing. It's like, am I doing this right? You yeah. Know? yeah. And whether it, yeah, whether it's dad or mom, it's sometimes when they start smiling, it's like, okay, cool. I'm getting some feedback. I'm, I'm yeah. interacting with you. But in the beginning, it just, you're learning their cues and their cries and and they're, they're just not even like smiling. And you don't even know how far they can see. It's not much maybe. And it can be really hard. So yeah, I think honoring that and giving us all ourselves some grace when we're learning, you know, especially with the first child. So um, I really appreciate your time, Carla. This has been amazing. And I would love to have you back on to even talk more about some of the, you know, yes. kind of dive into, <laughs> deeper into some of yes. these things. I think that's incredible. Um, if you could just share with people um, if they want to reach out to you or how they can work with you, um, what are the best ways to contact you? Yeah, so, well, you know, I am focusing on women's health, occupational therapy uh, at Renew Public Health with Amanda and the team. Um, and so my email is Carla at Renew Public Health. And um, my phone number is on the website, I believe. I don't know that by memory. <laughs> the renewpelvichealth.com. Um, those are the best yeah. ways to reach me. Yeah. Oh, great. Yes. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And I um, so much look forward to chatting with you some more about more of these topics. So thank you. Likewise, thank you so much for having me and for, you know, talking about this topic with me. I think it's so important and I'm glad that, you know, our listeners will get to learn about it too. Yes, it, it's, it's incredible. I, I totally agree. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth. 
and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit courses.progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.